1: Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast here with Benji, as always, on the Sunday afternoon, recapping the Men's World Championships Road Race, one of these a year. We're very excited. Strap in, get yourself a coffee or a cup of tea. This will be a long one with lots of tactics <laughs> to discuss. As you know, this show is supported by our show partner, LaCole. More on a record coming from... Uh, Joss Loudon, supported by Le Cole, in a few days. I'll talk about that later. But the course here, we mentioned in the preview 270 Ks. We have a Leuven circuit, which is not as hard, short climbs, like 300 meters, 5 6%. They do, I think they finish with two and a half laps of that, but they have two, they have Flandrian circuits, which have the longer climb. But the last Flandrian circuit finishes with like 50 Ks to go. It's the uh, Smaceberg, Moskestrat and Bergstraat, and then go back and they finish with the smaves I think, in that circuit. So that's where you'd want to make a difference, drop some of the sprinters there. Favorite, Marv van They've been talking all week about Belgium, about going happy with a sprint. Marv van the leader, and uh, obviously we have Alaphilippe, Kasper Asger, and a whole host of names in the world that you would expect. With Benji, it opened up really, really early. Obviously, we had the obligatory break of the smaller nations, but then, yeah, 180Ks to go, we see Kosnefra launching it.
0: Yes, I think we even had an earlier move by Turgui already. So the French were really looking for that one guy to make a bit of a move and cause the group to get away and perhaps get into a beneficial position and put Ala Philippe into a seat. And I wasn't surprised that Turgui is one of those riders, but I was kind of surprised that Kosnofra was the first one in the, uh, well, the second one in that team to... Go for it already. And that's because, well, two weeks ago, we saw that Cosnefro was really strong in, what was it, the French race, Brittany Classic. So I was expecting him to be one of the latter riders to uh to be used by that team. And next to that, also, we looked at European Championships a uh, week and a half ago, also uh, a strong performance there. So really surprised that he went so early. But then we saw that he makes that move. He was on the uh, Flonrian circuit already. So uh, one of the earlier climbs that existed. And who is following that? Well, Remco Evenepoel. And then MQ Evenepoel did so with Court uh, Nielsen on his wheel. Three riders gone, Kostner Frey, and Court Nielsen. So you've got two riders that were literally in the last group in the European Championships and Court Nielsen, who is basically uh, the Danish form of Colbrelli in some occasions. So a very similar rider in that aspect. So it was kind of fun to see the dynamic where these riders who you'd expect to go late in the race already going with 180k to go, and that opened up the race big time because at the start no imminent response but when you look at those riders cause french Belgian even a court nielsen denmark what team isn't there italy mainly from like the favorites and that's when we saw that italy went to the front big time but they just had a crash with two riders of their team ballerini was down trenton was down and those riders had just come back ballerini did a big pull but After that crash, falling with his back on the bottles that he was carrying to the front of the peloton, not ideal at all, and he was gone very instantly. Then next to that, Trenton was the next to pull together with another rider that kept on pulling quite a bit as well. I just don't know who the third rider was. I think it was Moscon, but uh, I'm not 100% certain. And we saw that um, Trenton was uh, basically already uh, going all out to try and close that gap as well, and that displays that, the Italian team was put into a position that they seriously don't like, but it was actually getting a bit more extreme a few climbs later, two climbs later, I think, where a group actually started forming at the front of the peloton. And that group was kind of significant, but once again did not include any Italians. It included Cosnefra, while well, obviously being caught by that group that got away from the peloton. The Mark caught up. We had Tim DeClercq also bridging up. Primoz Roglic, Trotnik, so teammate for Slovenia. We had Swift in there. Ankhorn saw that and was like, "Okay, there's no Dutch rider in that. I'm going to bridge up as well." Osgreen bridged to the front as well. Kort Nielsen was also there from the initial attack of Casnoff. So two Danish people: Erviti, Haas, Bissiger, Hulgaard, and McNulty. And when you see a group like that, and you see that no Italians in there, that's a mistake, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think Britain and Italy were caught on the back foot a fair bit today, particularly GB later as well. And they're having to do a lot of work to chase back with Stuart and And It cost Italy. I mean, Trenton, I thought he'd make this finish. By the time there's 124 Ks left, Trenton's abandoned uh ballerini's Ballini. abandoned as well <laughs> like i thought trenton would be going deep into this race and it was yep. it was attritional. there was also crashes we had degenkold caught up in the crash Patterson, and i think the one thing we noticed as well was mvdp that when there were splits seeing mvdp he was in the you know in the second group i was like oh with you and i think is he is his back playing up does he not really have it today and or in positioning the- yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, it's like it also could always be NVIDIA P's positioning. And even when there was a lull, we would see, and no big teams took it up. George Zimmerman, for example, for Germany, was quite strong, actually. Quite He just made the race hard, the whole, you know, riders like him the whole time. The only real constant was Tim de Klerk pacing. Uh, but I want to go to, I think, the, one of the most important parts of the race, uh, which is this situation where, even a poll gets into a group with Nielsen Paulus. Who who else is in this group? And we should go Madua? through the whole list. Yeah.
0: Um uh, Madua Evanapoul, Trotnik, Bajoli Van Barla, Schmidt, Garcia Cortina, Stannard, Paulet, Tilram, Paulus. But I do want to mention that in the previous group we had The Cleric pulling, but I felt like Evenapol was pulling more than the Cleric personally. So he has been pulling for quite a while and got into this group as well. The Cleric was not part of this group. So Evenapol was solo when it comes to that. This time around, you have Bajoli, so in Italian, but uh, no British rider. Britain kept on riding big time behind. Hatre had already crashed, so they were losing half their team in the same way that Italy did a bit earlier in the race. And uh, yeah, an interesting situation, right? Evenapol at the front, Belgium at the back trying to kind of control the gap as well because they're not trusted.
1: I didn't get it because I know you don't want that gap to get to five minutes because if it's five minutes, Remco has mechanical or bonks, whatever, then you're stuffed. I know you want to keep it at a moderate amount, but you're approaching the Flandrian circuit. We're now between the zone 70 to 50 Ks to go is where the Flandrian circuit is. Uh, you have Remco in this group, which being not trying to be unkind, these are not race favorites he is with. Apart from Van Baal, who I was like, you must consider him. He won the to, to have Lander and very underrated rider. But there is no MVDP, Pidcock, Colbrelli, Philippe in this group with Remco Evenapol. And the other teams, GBs had to spend a lot. Italy have Bagioli there, but I could see Colbrelli getting a little bit nervous. France were chasing. France were on the back foot for the first time having to chase because they weren't happy with just Madoua in this group. And Belgium have taken up the pace in keeping the gap at 30 seconds. I would have preferred the gap to be at a minute 30, Benji, and for Belgium to make France eat up their plate a little bit more, whatever the Belgian expression is, um, <laughs> to actually make the other teams work a little bit more. Because what's the harm? And if Walfenart wants to go for it, isn't this the perfect situation that you want to continue for a long time? art in a seat and Remco in a group that's not that threatening
0: exactly that was also what i was thinking when you look at the first group he was in those were riders that were dangerous i was scared of roguelich in that group despite the parkour not being the ideal roguelich parkour at all but like this group doesn't have that sure there's riders like you mentioned van barla that you should be scared of but at that point wild is going to have to compete against big guns in the peloton as well so he might as well risk it with even a pull against the likes of van barla too and I was thinking they were trying the following. I, f- I was thinking they were trying something like the Van Dijk strategy in the European Championships, keeping it close for when Remco fails to do so. But it was that's too fine. close, like you mentioned. It was too close. And that's because, well, I thought Remco would be the man to take on the Flannery circuit they were going into. And if he can drop the others, then they go for Remco. If he can't drop them there, and he's not looking like he will be able to drop the likes of a Garcia Cortina, or that wasn't that was a likely guy to drop, to be honest. But, uh, a Van Baale, well, he got for dropped, example. yeah, the exactly. Gr- the
1: group thinned out, the group went, got reduced to a group of five with Madua that- sitting on Remco, Van Baal, Paulus, and Bagioli. And yes, these are talented guys, but still to keeping the gap at 25 to 30 seconds that's bridgeable. And as you said, I would have liked to see, and say Remco starts to feel not too crash hot if he sits on with Madua. Then the group is going to come back anyway, if he stops pulling, and so he will sabotage the group from within. So I think Belgium could have let that race situation play out a little bit longer. They also, in my view, I said this numerous times. I, I thought if you want to sprint with Art, well then you want to bring as many riders with you to the finish why make the Flandrian circuit hard? Why are you keeping it at 30 seconds to have Kosnifra attacks again by the way with eighty Ks to go or a bit later? we has to mark that. Then Campenas is tied. Then they're pacing with turns. And so when Kwiatkowski actually accelerates, uh, before or at the base of the Burkstrat, there's no Belgium domestiques. It's just Walfenert, I think, and I yes, it's Moskstraat. Moskstraat, maybe you're right. Yeah. But it's it's the two, Sterven and yep. Walfenath. Kvyatkovsky accelerates, and then I think of uh, Alaphilippe. Or there's an is there an, an attack yeah. before Alaphilippe? It's Alaphilippe, well-financed on his on his wheel, and um, yeah, Alaphilippe is full launching it, creating the split, bridging across to Remco Evenepoel. And I don't know. You saw when there was just Sturvin there, and MVDPs coming across. Who did we eventually have in this group that went across to the Evenepoel group? Because it's actually a laundry list of race favourites.
0: Yes, certainly a laundry list of uh, race favourites, and. Uh, for Belgium you had Steven van and you also had Campanarts who was able to cling on to the back of it and also um what was Conference still there? I'm no. not even sure. No, no. He, no. Renko. I'm BSing people. Sorry. I'm <laughs> afraid I'm uh I'm messing up here. But uh yeah, Steven Van was in that group. Ala Philippe was there to with Madua uh since he was bridging up towards uh the group with Madua, of course, since Madua was in that breakaway still. Uh Bajoli was there with Colbrelli and Nizzolo. I'm doing this off the top of my head because I forgot to open the tab. <laughs> Valgren was in there as well. We also had Vanderpool who bridged up. As one of the latest riders in the group, yeah. not sure if positioning are not good enough. Once again, it's very hard to guess that from Van der Poel. I think bad legs. Uh, I, I dare to think so as well, but you never know at this point. And uh, he was able to bridge up quite uh, quite late as well. Pitcock was there, lonely. Um, Hater already crashed and already paced quite a bit as well, I think, at that point. So didn't expect to see him anymore, and we didn't see him anymore. And uh, who else was in that group? What nations did I forget? Marcus Hulgaard.
1: Yes, uh, we have a launch. Uh, I said a launch list to favourites because these are all fast riders, and yeah. in the group behind you have a, a not looking too good Sagan, Michael Matthews, and Co. And I honestly think for Belgium, if you said okay, fifty k's to go, you're going to have a group with a tired Remco who you're going to put on the front to work, Sterven who's already had to close a gap or two, France with three team three riders. Italy with three riders and Mizzola who's fast, MVP with a teammate. Is that the best situation you'd want? Isn't the plan? I thought the plan for Belgium was to bring it for a 30-man sprint with a lead out for Van Aert. And, you know, then you will have the favourites as well. But instead you are going to the finish with the favourites, just not with turns, Beno, Campanatz, and co. And you know you're going to get attacked. Alaphilippe, Moritz, Valgerin, Paulus, All these riders don't want to
0: sprint. I think the problem is the following. They indeed made it hard enough to drop sprinters, but the problem is when you make it hard enough to drop sprinters, you're also setting it up perfectly for others to attack. And then the Kwiatkowski and Alaphilippe attack game, and that probably bottled the idea of riding over the rest of that Flannery circuit a bit slower. But the odd part is then it doesn't make sense that they were basing so hard before that Moskestrat with their team. And that's the only thing that doesn't click for me in that in that storyline. And yes, they perfectly set it up for Kwiatkowski and, and Philippe to make that move. And that's a, a big risk they took there. And it ended up probably f- blowing up their plan of making it not that hard because now they had two riders and Evenepoel had already half ridden himself to death in the breakaway. And by the time they came to the group with Evenepoel, by the time they were in that group, Evenepoel wasn't looking too great on the first climb that they were on. Evenepoel was hanging on on a thread at the back, and he, he already started pacing beforehand. Honestly, respect, because he's gotten so much hate the last week about, oh, he's never going to work for Van Aert. Second that they get to the group, Remco gets at the front of the group, starts pacing. Next climb, he almost drops. After that climb, he gets back to the front, and he starts pacing again. So uh, solid work, and probably one of the two MVPs, in my eyes, in the uh, Belgian team today even a pool and tim the cleric earlier on in the race who was also a godlike character but yeah from that point onwards you're in that situation what can you do as belgium do you keep even a pacing and risk him dropping making sure that you only have two riders to take control of attacks in the last 20k or do you say oh, don't do that and risk other people attacking you again
1: I don't know. It's tough. I, I I would have not paced with David Paul, and I would have. It, it was too late at this point because they'd started pacing with him with like fifty two k's to go, fifty k's to go. But I honestly would have let G two come back. The composition of G one was not the best it could be. Very dangerous situation. Very tough to control that final circuit. I would have let G two come back and have more more teammates, and hopefully. A slower race, but maybe the damage is already done at that point. And I would have put it on Italy with Bagioli to pace. And so Avonopol paces. We have an attack from, uh, from Ala Philippe again. And he actually, Colbrelli goes with him easily with 48 ks to go, but Colbrelli doesn't really pull with him. Avonopol back to pacing. We also then have Bagioli then once Avonapol stops pulling, by the way. This is now 20Ks 20, 20 go past of eight, or 16 of Avonapol pulling. So it's not like, oh, he just pulled for 2Ks, he was done. No, he pulled for a long time. Bagioli pulls. Uh, so we're getting now to the point where the domestiques that are in this group are getting getting spent. And Valentin, Madoua, France have been sitting in the entire time with Seneschal, Alaphilippe and Madoua and Philippe attacks on the St. Antonius climb led out by Maddewa, who even the creates, shortest of them all. <laughs> creates separation to the whole group Madoua uh, for Philippe. It's like a 150-metre climb, and no one can go with Philippe. In fact, people are looking at Powerless to do it. Well, uh, people were looking at Van Aert, and actually Paulus, to his own detriment, did it, tried to do it, and no one could go with him. And then we have Philippe getting onto the circuit Now's the second curious thing, Benji, which makes sense with the post-race interviews. We see Van Art lets Sturven's wheel go, and he I think goes with um he goes with a small group. And yeah. you're like, why is Vanart not letting Sturven go? Because then the, the rest of the group looks at Van Aert to close Sturven. So like was that explained in the post-race interviews? Well, in the post-race
0: interviews, uh, I'm afraid that Van Art just went with uh I didn't have the legs I wanted today and I told Steven that and he tried for himself. So I'm guessing that that must have happened just before this move otherwise Fanat should have been able to should have been the rider to respond to in the wheel of Steven because you can't let that group go with Ala Philippe already ahead of that because Steven is unlikely to get back to Ala Philippe and beat him afterwards. I just don't see that happening unless Steven suddenly has a godlike day which I wasn't really expecting and I didn't get that but he got lucky. He got to the back of the group for not. And we saw that that group that was split behind got back because the likes of a Vanderpool also closed down the gap again. So we had a full complete chase again behind behind Philippe. And then there was this tiny second where Philippe was riding ahead of them. And Steven decides to attack on the right side of the road. People attack with him. I'm not sure if there's one rider that attacked just before Steven. I honestly am not really sure. But they formed a chasing group with Valgren, Van Baal, uh, Stuyven, Baulus. and someone else. Paulus, Baulus. yes. So, Walgren and Paulus, great yeah. teammates. Yeah. Did you think that had any effect on their riding style after that? No, because
1: they all just attacked each
0: other.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the, well, gap the only a- one who
0: didn't was Paulus in my eyes. I felt like he kept on riding whenever the tempo went down.
1: I agree. I think I think Stuyven actually kind of played a bit coy for second. I didn't see Stuyven rolling through as much as Paulus or Van Baal. And, but yeah, they, we just, as you see the rider, we saw in the Tour de France, we see it so often, a rider gets a 10, 12 second gap, Alaphilippe's got to do the full Leuven circuit. You think, how is he going to do 12Ks, 14Ks on his own against a group of Van Baal, Paulus, Sterven and Valgren, four strong riders? And the, the answer is everyone's cooked. G3 is gone. They got Nitzolo pacing backwards there at like 45 seconds. Pidcox missed the split. He'd been sitting in the whole time and apparently actually had quite good legs, so he miscalculated there following Van Aert and VDP, I think. And the group just starts bleeding time to Alaphilippe on each of these short climbs. Alaphilippe seemed to power up them. He took a lot of risks on the descent, full gas down them as well. And then there was once it gets to 20 seconds, 25 seconds, silver medal fight starts to happen. And then it's done 100%. And it gets to 3Ks to go, 30 seconds. And we know Philippe has sewn up the world champs for a second year in a row. He's celebrating the crowd. Someone threw beer at him, I think, in the finishing straight. And he wins easily in the this World Championships road racing in London. Yeah, and it's
0: solo, so he couldn't get dq afterwards, which is always exactly.
1: great. I, I was, it was a bit deflating. I was hoping for a reduced bunch sprint amongst the, some of the biggest names we have in cycling because I, I just don't know who would have won at the end of this six-hour race. But yeah, Alaphilippe, 17, 18k solo, 32 seconds ahead of Van Baal, who takes a well-deserved second. Valgren, who's been in the wilderness for a few years, now third at World Champs. World Champs buff. Sterven misses out. Fourth, Paulus. Fifth, Paulus deserved a medal, in my view, incredibly strong. Pidcock tried to bridge across too late. Sixth, then Stibar. Van der Poel, Seneschal, Colbrelli, Van Aert, 11th. As I said, I want to mention, Cole are supporting Joss Loudon going for the Women's World Hour record attempt. It's on the 30th of September, 5 p.m. Central European time, 4 p.m. British Standard time. It'll actually be broadcast on Eurosport, and Eurosport player, GCN Plus, and on Col's YouTube channel. Joss Loudon obviously rise for the drops. Lacole, the team that, Lacol support and sponsor. And yeah, she was incredibly strong actually on the front for Great Britain. You might have seen in the World Championships road race for Dagon and Henderson the other day. So she has to break 48.008 kilometers. And yeah, I can't wait to watch to see if she can do it on the 30th of September. So thanks to Lacol for supporting the podcast, for supporting women's cycling, and hopefully see as many of you watching that and enjoying it then. So France, Benji. Tactical perfection, making the race incredibly hard and attacking at every opportunity throughout the race with kozner and then Alaphilippe and Turgis and Madawa, getting in all the right moves and then also having Seneschal as a threat in that late move too. I think, yeah, hats off to Alaphilippe. They played it perfectly, even though Verkla says that wasn't the plan. Well, I guess uh, I guess
0: they can be happy with the not plan as well. Then I guess because uh, this was hella great and like we have some positives for the Belgian team as well. We gotta look at this and we see that Fanat doesn't get silver, so that's a win. And next to that, Remco has a teammate in the World Champs jersey, so technically he is pacing in the group. Also, helped Philippe get his World Champs jersey, and he can just pretend that it was for that reason and get credit in the De Koenig team as a consequence. <laughs> so, yeah, all in all, I think that Belgium made tactical mistakes. I think that they could have played it much better at certain occasions, like the Evenepoel uh, moment, where Evenepoel was in that five-man group and they chose to basically write 20 seconds of it just before the start launching uh, Kwiatkowski and so forth. And... um Additionally, I also didn't like what they did at the start. Sure, yes, they made that group. Evenepul was in that group. But then Fanat puts himself with three teammates at the front of the peloton, blocking the road. Just a complete road. Oh, ah,
1: yeah, fuck my off, least man. Least favorite thing. <laughs> I think Remco was too active at the start in the Cosner role. I think you said tactical. I think there's an overall philosophical problem, which I mentioned in the preview, which is... Belgium were treating Van Aert like the reincarnation of Pete Bono. <laughs> they were. No, they're like, it's gonna be a sprint. Wout gets to Wout gets to pick the team. Um, you know, and they were gonna ride for Wout. And it's like, that's great. Wout is very good. He he is quite he's good in bunch sprints and reduced bunch sprints. I wouldn't say he is a nailed-on winner of them. I wouldn't say he consistently wins classics races, um, particularly ones like this but it's certainly worthy of being race favorite. Does that mean that Avonapol should 100% sacrifice his chances or you should chase down Avonapol when he's in a group of riders who are not race favorites or pursue that so aggressively? I think no. I think that's my bigger problem and I think the philosophy of nana it's wow, it's all about wow. I think it played into it and I think, Yeah. I think Remco is very strong today. Even Sturvin, It's like Denmark had an open team, right? Valgrim was the strongest. Valgrim goes in the group, et cetera. Sturman was really strong today. What if Van Aert was pacing to keep Sturvin together? Probably would have lost the sprint. But the point is, Benji, like anyone can have bad legs. I think pinning it when you have even a pole like they did, yeah, I just, I just don't understand it. Maybe we'll hear more about it. But what is for sure, Benji, is. Do you think the criticism of Apollo's selfish teammate that's done now, right?
0: Yes, certainly. But we uh, we also can't hype him up too much. We still got to remember that he killed a pheasant last year in Lombardia. so that's not a <laughs> that's not nice either.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens next year. I'll see Caleb Ewan taking yeah. the dub in Wollongong.
0: In all honesty, we've we've said it for weeks that this would be the case that they're focusing too much on Art as a solo. Leader, I think I, I've made that clear, like for a month on this podcast, and to see it in action and see that they fall into that completely, and it basically has a consequence that they chase pull at that certain point. It, it just media. annoys a bit because we we could have seen it coming, and that's always annoying that you could see some seen something coming and they didn't think about it. That situation that Fanat wasn't st- the strongest today. Remco was stronger than Van Aert today. It's as simple as that. And I don't know. I do think that if Avonapool ends up in a situation with Philippe in the same group, Philippe wins this world championships, yep. hands down. But in the situation that he wasn't with five riders in that group, Belgium could have just let, I don't know, Kwiatkowski and, and the French try and close the gap because, sure, they might have been able to do so. But still, it would have been, uh, would have been harder because they closed down 20 seconds too. Uh, the front group just before the mosques throughout the Belgians so
1: well here's a different scenario Benji the gaps at one minute Alaphilippe attacks Walfenat sits on Alaphilippe's having to bridge on a on a flatter section with Walfenat yeah he yeah and he's on the he's always does too if he's having to do a 20-minute bridge on the flat with Van Aert in the wheel, that's very different than what happened, which is, yeah, an easier snap bridge. But maybe, anyway, we're pontificating a lot. Um, I obviously thought, I choked about this in my Discord, about uh, I thought the best team for Belgium was to bring the team that keeps, the Belgians that keep winning all these races, which is uh, Alpers and Phoenix, and just bring the entire Alps and Phoenix roster. Philipson won, by the way, Paris <laughs> Shawnee literally a minute after the World Championships. but. um yeah, it's obviously ludicrous. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it is funny to me that the all they were saying Belgium was we're going we want to go to a big sprint, then they got a group of fifteen and they're like we're going to keep this group of fifteen together. It just seems like something went wrong, went wrong there. But other names to pick out. Let's not focus on Belgium Holgard, too much. Come on, yeah, attention Hol- for
0: Holgard, man, great rider. Not normal. Like he's <laughs> been uh riding for you know eggs this year still, and I think next year was Trek at yep, a transfer that he's at. He's finishing this race 12th, which is not a top 10, but still his European champs was also a top ten. His Arctic race of Norway stage stageman, I think, if I recall correctly. Yes, that's not a big race, but I recall him from the start of the season. I think it was Omloop, no, Kunvas a 14th, E3. Eight. Eighth. <laughs> Amsterdam yep. Goldray is 19th. He's so versatile. He's the kind of rider that uh, he could top, t- top 15, top 10, perhaps in the peak of his career, four of the five monuments, something like that.
1: I think Milano Sanremo is something he definitely can focus on. If you look at that Arctic race, obviously a different yeah. level, but it was like a late climb. Then a, he just absolutely murdered this descent and dropped yeah. Lechner Sund, and then had the power to stay away. MSR fits in. Lombardia is the one that doesn't fit him of the five in my eyes. Too much. And I think Liege also too hard, personally. Uh, Otherwise, Nizzolo, very strong to get into that group. Um, He... I don't know. Colbrelli, I think, will be... I think Colbrelli had good legs, but then he he followed Alphilippe. Early moves, okay. I think Paulus... Paulus is the big surprise to me in that top five, Benji, and it really could have been a top (laughs) three. Nielsen Powers, twenty-five years old, won Classic of Saint Sebastian. EF extended him. He's out till twenty twenty-four. There, he yeah, just an incredible ride from him. The race, you might, one must admit, it suited him in the way the French set it up, seemed perfect. But yeah, I think Liège next year is he surely? If he's like this, he should be competitive at Liège now for EF next year. I believe so as well. I just don't
0: know if the finish, uh, the flat finish in Liège, fits him these days. I think, um, quite, I think he's decently fast. Yeah, we saw that San Sebastian in that sprint, right? And yeah. again, he was uh, he was almost beaten by Honoré, who just rode into a, a wall. But <laughs> still, still, uh, it just shows that that race wasn't a one-off. And that's already fun to see with the likes of a Betiol, who, for example, had his RVV. But then in the other one-day big races, he was never really the outstanding rider that competed for the win, in my eyes, anymore. Perhaps that 1-E3 um But I feel like Paulus is proving that he's more than a than a one trick pony, and I love that because then we can see him in a a lot of races in the future. And madua you mentioned that lead out for Alaphilippe, also an iconic Incredible. moment in the race. The gap that he made on the others is just insane, and nobody really responded. But I don't think it's because I think it's because they couldn't. As simple as that.
1: <laughs> the only one that seemed to was Paulus, who wasn't on Ala Alaphilippe's wheel at the time. And yeah. then once, once the separation, it's too late.
0: And Van bottled this position completely on the climb as well. He was sitting in seventh position like behind like most of the riders in that group. Third last position in the group together with Steven next to him. I don't know why, because you know that Alaphilippe is going to try and attack on the hills. You need to be at the front of that group and not at the back when you uh, go on to a climb like that. And that's a mistake, quite clear as, as day. And it proved to be uh, quite a mistake, because that was the first move by Philippe And he was... Uh, closing that with a lot of difficulty, that's for certain.
1: What do you think now for Alaphilippe Benji? Do you think he's second year in the row as world champion? I I must say, not my favorite rider in the peloton. I think he's one of the, to be honest, one of the dirtiest riders in the peloton. The way he rides, bunch sprints, um, reduced bunch sprints, frankly. And if he had a different name or was a different rider, he would have probably had a well-earned suspension at some point. Uh, But that being said, I mean, Liège last year, not a not a great moment. I think you laughed, Benji, when Mike Woods said the other day, you know, absolutely been a great world champion. It's like, didn't he two weeks after getting it on his shoulders, chopped? Yeah, the issue? sorry, but
0: the tweet by Woods was, uh, he, he's one of the most entertaining world champions. Mate, have you seen Sagan's years as world champion in the early days? <laughs> that was more impressive in my eyes. But Philippe did attack a lot. I do value him a lot in that aspect. Stage the 1 TDF. Not even at the most clever moments in some races. I think in Omlope, he was attacking with 50, 60k to go at a certain point, or was that some other race? He worked for Ballerini. nude the was in the last 10 kilometer. Yeah, you're right. He he was putting up Ballerini in the seat. That's perfectly right. But that's that's interesting because you would dare to say that he was definitely co-leader at that team at that race. And he folds into a position to just make the race. I think in the early days, we had Tour La Provence, was it?
1: Yeah, did the same thing for Ballerini there on stage one following Moscone move. So he can ride for and he climbed well at Provence as well. It's just, it's funny. Yeah, he's like, he has these incredibly high peaks where he wins flesh with a record time chasing down Roglic. He uh, second at Gage and then Tour de Suisse was good as well, frankly. And then stage one TDF blows MVDP out of the water to take the yellow jersey on the stage I thought suited MVDP. And then on Britannia, almost gets caught napping and gets, the, I couldn't believe he lost the yellow jersey there. And a San Sebastian Britannia classic coming back, I guess, yeah, he's a little bit, he's still second in Britannia, but he got beaten by Kostnervall there. And um, yeah, he just, I don't know, he's entertaining, attacks a lot. I just uh, don't care too much for the way he rides sometimes in bunch yeah. uh, Do said. we
0: like underestimate Stibar? Because I feel like I would never have called him before the race for this race, but in hindsight, he's, This parkour fits him so well. Like, how did I not name him for at least the top ten in this race?
1: Yeah, I mean, seventh at Primus Classic seemed to be tuning up well. He came fifth in E3 this year. Wow, I did not realize that. Um, It's crazy. He's that was with Quickstep had three of the top five at at E3. Harold Becker, and he's thirty-five years old. I probably presumably extended next year, but yeah, he's he's. I can't wait for Paru Bay, Benji, because. He's got oh, the experience, yes. you know. He's got the experience and he's looking good. We've got, obviously got – I've got the highlight rights for men and women, first women's ever edition next weekend at yes. paris Bay. We'll have podcasts. We'll do a podcast preview because it's a monument as well for the men and women's. Uh So, yeah. I, I forgot about for, that. Who, who do you like for Ube? judging from their shape here? Ooh, let me take a quick look at
0: the uh, top 10 again. I feel like uh, Van Barley is definitely one that I expect to be in the elite candidates at the end because he's also been close in the past in roubaix and he's the kind of rider that really is good on these longer races these 250 plus kilometer races that really fits him um in all honesty it wouldn't surprise me if valgren's good on that parkour as well sure he's honestly better on the hills but i do believe that he's decent on cobbles as well steven's definitely one that i would name i would not expect Paulus to be the perfect candidate for roubaix but he's welcome to surprise me i doubt he's gonna ride it though Vidcock, I don't know. It should fit him, right, as a cyclocrosser? I don't, crosser, he's, Depart- I don't he's core? doing it. Oh, yeah, he was skipping it for a, a certain reason that I completely forgot. But I um, like
1: Sturvin, Sturvin, and uh, Seneschal looking good for it, I think. Um, you think but- Vanipul will grow into form by then? Who knows? He... It's a... <laughs> I mean, if there's one race when you've got a lingering back issue you don't want to do, it's probably six <laughs> hours ago. Fuck me, Barry <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse. I've got a sore back myself right now. Jesus. Um, but, yeah, what about let's let's round up the the parkour a little bit, Benji. Uh, we've now seen all the races across the week of this World Championships. It's a very exciting week. TT, I enjoyed a lot. Did you – we always thought this course for the men elite could be selective enough. And we thought there'd be a solo, I just thought it'd be Remco. Um, what do you think of the parkour? I think it was outstanding. I think it was perfect. It was very well balanced. And judging by how exciting this men's road race was, I, I think they couldn't have done a better job. I think so as well.
0: Um, first of all, it doesn't feel iconic for Belgium, this parkour. Just like for for the Flemish region, I think about cobble classics. And this was an opportunity to get cobble into the world championships and they didn't do that they went for a, a reduced parkour with less cobbly um surroundings and yeah i don't know if that would have made a big difference when it comes to the winner because alaphilippe would fit on that train as well but i still believe that it would have been more iconic for uh for belgium was Leven a good place it was a very technical parkour and it caused a lot of crashes as a consequence it could also be the combination of the nervousness with the, a criterium-like circuit in Leuven, but I still feel like you can see a a kilometer banner across the road, and the right side is like bulging into the road, so the riders have to like go to the left and then to the right again just after that kilometer banner. Well, you know that that some rider is gonna hit that, and then you've got another rider that almost uh, hit one of those parts where they go into a corner and they have to go wide, but then the road kicks in and becomes narrow and and he almost rides into that as well. So the safety of this parkour was not up to standards in my eyes to a world championship parkour. And the barriers along the side, there were quite a few crashes that were caused by barriers with those uh, iron legs at the bottom that they said that they would never use properly in the sport anymore. And then they kept on using it. So that's not amazing either. I, I'm not a great fan of the parkour. And I'm not sure what it is. It was very fun to see the races. But I, it's not like I will remember this as, oh, it was the Flemish parkour. The only thing that was great about it was the people at the parkour because some of the images that I saw, the videos that I saw from Leuven, that was amazing. And that's mainly due to the people and not necessarily the parkour.
1: Yeah, I think, as you said, you know, there's no van, uh van Heuertsbergen. There's no, yeah, there's no iconic cobble climb. They didn't parkour. go through Histel,
0: the capital of Belgium. <laughs>
1: I think they were trying to. I thought they were trying to home cook a parkour for world well fun art. I thought that was the plan. Um, problem is that suits some other riders. I think, yeah. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed how there was a possibility for a, a group sprint of five of t- of twenty of solo attacks like Baroncini, of two like uh, Zoe backstep and now Alafleeb solo and then who won. The under 23s men's Benji can't remember. Or oh, anyone uh, uh, bear whoever uh, no he Norwegian won the juniors guy. he won the juniors. So it did suit oh, attackers oops. a little bit more, I think. Um, Jesus, it was, yeah, it was more attritional than we thought. Baroncini,
0: uh, of course, dude.
1: Baroncini. and the women. No, the women' elite was a large sprint with obviously the upset there with uh, Balsama. But yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching all the races, uh, and I think you can. I don't know. Would you have preferred swapping the Flandrian and Leuven circuits around? I think it would have meant the action would have been delayed until the last 10, 15 Ks.
0: I'm afraid so as well. I think that's what a lot of the World Championships do and why they don't put a, a big climb at the end of a World Championship very often as well. You don't have a monster finish with like a 25 kilometer climb at the finish because the riders would wait until the climb starts and do action on the climb itself. You know that would happen. And I think they try and make the parkour to cause early action. And in all honesty, we can't say that we uh, didn't have an entertaining race today because it started with 180K to go. And it's a dream of a cycling fan for that to happen. And uh, that's also thanks to the riders. If we don't have Cosner and Turgi and Evenepoel and Magnus Court Nielsen willing to do that. And Asgren on, on the first, was it Moskestrad or when he when he went ham and tried to drop the entire front group at 160K to go for no reason at all. Well, that makes the reins and that makes it fun and uh, thanks to the riders.
1: Really enjoyed it. Great World Championships. Cannot wait for paris Bay next weekend. As I said, we'll have previews. Wollongong. Next year, Wollongong. Hopefully, I'll be allowed back in Australia and then allowed to leave. But then hopefully, Australia is able to let that World Championships happen. Not uh, holding my breath for the tour down under in January at the moment. But yeah, Wollongong, it better be pancake flat for Caleb. Um, if we're gonna be home cooking, of course.
0: <laughs> Wollongong Hill for port, and then realising that it Roilitch is perfect you know for that. that. <laughs>
1: will, you know that Wollonga Hill is nowhere near Wollongong, Benji. It's literally, I didn't fucking know. it's literally <laughs> like the distance, probably of like Moscow to London. <laughs> 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 so far away. Oh, anyway, really. um, that's what happens when Europeans turn up in Australia. But like the cities are not that far apart.
0: Have you ever had like in a race where there's suddenly we have cows in French races? Do you have kangaroos in Australian races?
1: Yeah, on like the scent of some of the South Australian climbs that you see in the TDU, yeah, if you go at dusk, <laughs> if you go at dusk, no, seriously, that you can have a kangaroo like on Norton Summit, a kangaroo can jump across the road and they get freaked out. So, yeah, that's that can happen. But in big races with lots of people making noise during the day, less less likely. But we're getting a little bit off track here. Make sure you give <laughs> us a review or a rating if you're listening on podcast players or like on YouTube if that's what you're watching and get us to 20,000 subscribers. As I said, we've got a 20K sub Q&A on YouTube coming up. It'll be on podcast players as well, but we've got to get to that milestone first. I think that's all the housekeeping out of the way. Hope you all enjoyed the World Championships. We certainly enjoyed it as well. I think we'll be going in person next year as well. Benji's going to have to pack his little rucksack, get his way over to Australia if they let him in, and uh, we'll see you then. Obviously, we'll have other pods before then. Ciao.